You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. We've been in a series that we've entitled, It's My Turn. And we take the series out of uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. The context of 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is Solomon is dedicating the temple of God. Uh, and in chapter 6, he, he is on the altar out, or in front of, in the temple, and he kneels down before God, and he begins to pray. And the prayer goes something like this. You can read it in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. But what he's doing, he's going, God, God, if your people um, wander from you, and he gives all these, um, you know, four instances. Like, God, if, for instance, they sin, and because of their sin, they're led into captivity, and they're in this really, you know, kind of lost place. If, God, if they cry out to you from there, will you answer them here? And he, and he just goes through all these scenarios. And, it, and the kind of the idea is this. is like, God, if your people find themselves stuck, if your people, if they ever just are lost, and, God, and he paints the bleakest pictures he could imagine. He says, God... If they cry out to you here, from there, will you hear them? Will you, will you help them? And then in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, is God's answer to Solomon's prayer. And this is what he says. He says, if my people, who are called by, name, by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Solomon, no matter where they wander, no matter where they go, no matter I mean, what, what bad decisions they make, no matter how bleak it gets, if they would just stop and turn to me, I will hear, I will forgive, and I will heal their land. Now listen, God is speaking directly to Solomon about the children of Israel and the land of Israel. It is a promise given to them, but I need you to understand this. That promise echoes down to you and I today. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says this. It says, repent then, pause with me, the whole humble yourself, pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways. Do you know what that is? That's repentance. It's turning to God, right? Everyone agree? You with me? You, when you turn to God, you humble yourself. Bible says to humble ourselves. We've been looking at that. Pray, seek his face. You get hungry for God. Get humble, you get hungry. And then you just live this life where you're turning from your wicked ways. You repent and turn to God. Watch what he says. Repent and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of healing may come from the Lord. Some of us are wondering, why, why does it feel, why do I feel stuck? Why do I feel like everything's bitter and frustrating and, and, and there's just confusion? Every, maybe you need some refreshing from God. And refreshing from God is found through this thing called Repentance. You know, repentance isn't just what you do when you give your life to Jesus the first time. So a lot of people think that. You know, I, I repent. And, and just kind of like fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell, so I better repent, right? I got fire insurance. So repentance isn't just that moment. There's, as, as believers, we, we live a life, watch, come on everybody, so I want to help you with, where you're constantly turning to God. 
I mean, every day, I, I gave my life to Jesus on the first day I gave my life to Jesus because I knew I needed Jesus. I woke up this morning and I did that again. <laughs> Jesus, I'm giving my life to you because I need you in every way, right? I, I, listen, Christianity isn't just about showing up to church. It's about turning to God over and over and over again. If you're with me, say amen. You with me? Come on. It's like just this way that we, that we live our lives. And so we've been looking at what it means to turn to God. What does it look like in my life? We looked at what it means to be humble. We looked at what it means to be hungry for God. And today I want to talk to you about this, what I've called holy. It's not what I call holy. It's what he says, you turn from your wicked ways. What God is calling us to in there is to live a life of holiness. Holiness. You know, holiness doesn't get a lot of airtime, does it? We don't, we don't talk a lot about it. You maybe don't hear it talked about a lot. Maybe you don't know what to think of when you think of holiness. You, you think of holy and you think of maybe some monk up somewhere away from everybody. He's holy, right? But I want to help you understand holiness because holiness is something that God is calling each and every one of us into. It's a life that he calls us to live. Holiness at its base understanding, what it means is this. It means to be set apart. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Holy equals set apart. Now watch, it means to be set apart from the things of this world and set apart to God. I'm set apart to God. I'm set apart for God. You with me, church? So like in the Old Testament, the the temple was considered holy. Why? Because the temple was set apart as unto God. The instruments used within the temple were considered holy. They were set apart from common uses or for worldly uses, and they were set apart for godly uses, for for his purposes. You see, they were holy. This is all over the Old Testament. And now when it comes to you and I and our lives, God says, just as the temple was set apart, just as that instrumentation was set apart, you, believer, are to be set apart from the things of this world and unto God. First Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16 says this, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to former lusts, Do you remember the you before God got a hold of you, you? Do you remember that you? Your former lust, your former life. God says, listen to me, you are not those things and you are not to live any longer dabbling with those things, allowing yourselves to be um, attached to those things. God says, set yourself apart from your former lusts as you were in your ignorance. But now as he who called you is holy, you are to be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. God says, this is the life I'm calling you into. Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14 says, to turn from your wicked ways. It's a life set apart from the world and for God. But I think a lot of people, come on, we, today, we want to live with our feet in both worlds. We, we, want, we want a little of God and you know, I want Jesus and I want, want church and I want, and we live our life with with, with a foot in, in, in both worlds. I know it's getting uncomfortable in here. Just hang with me, right? And here's what happens. Can I just talk to you for a second, right? You're gonna end up with too much of God to enjoy the world. There's a lot of people like this. Like, like you, you know what's right and you know how God has called you to live, but you still out there dabbling, but the dabbling isn't as fun 
as maybe it used to be because the spirit of God's going, ah, that's not you. And you're arguing with God all the time. So you got too much of God to fully enjoy the world, but then you got too much of the world to fully enjoy God. And you're, you're living in this place where you're miserable. You're miserable. God has so much for you, but you just keep dabbling a, a, a foot in both worlds. And God says, listen to me, choose this day who you're going to serve. God calls us to be holy. Watch. If my people would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Just boil that down. Turn. Abandon. Cut yourself off from. Com- completely re- remove yourself from the influence of, from the, from the hooks of, like abandon, just bail on. Wicked ways. What's that? Just the worldly ways. Anything that's not of God, I'm going to choose to abandon the worldly ways and instead to embrace God's ways. God, I want your way in all my ways. God, I I want you in everything. God, I want to serve you and love you and honor you and walk with you. God, I want to live a holy life. So what does it look like? Like, what is this thing that God is calling us to, this, this holiness? And I, I got a couple things. I want you to write them down and to consider them as you just move from here, all right? So uh, holiness is, if you're taking notes, holiness is, as we look through scripture, what God's calling us to. Holiness is, first of all, it's devotion. Write that down. It's devotion. It's a devotion to God. God, I'm devoted to you, right? Listen, listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse um, 20, and then we'll read into 4.1. Here's what it says in Philippians 3. It says this, but we are citizens of heaven. That's a good name for a church, everybody. Come on, right? For we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak and mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Pay, pay attention to what's happening here. Scripture's saying, someday's coming, everybody. Someday is coming where you will move from this life and on into heaven. You'll move from, you'll actually literally, he says you'll shed from this old body of sin and death. This body we carry around is like a tent. Like you're not meant to live in this forever and it's, it's wearing away and it has its own desires and passions that we, we strive against and fight against. But the Bible's saying someday we will depart from this and move into our new home in heaven, right? That day is coming. Now watch what he says. That's going to happen by the same power by which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. In other words, here's what I need you to do between this moment. Here's what you need to focus on. Here's what what you give your attention to between this day that you're in right now and that moment that's coming for you in the future. Your mission, your job, your passion, your desire is to stay true true to the Lord, devoted. Think about it in the the context of a marriage, right? Tatum and I now have been married. Come on, everybody. She deserves a little love for this for 25 years, right? She's been putting up with me for 25 years, right? And from day one when we got married, I expected, I desired for her to stay true to me, to stay loyal to me. Now that now when we got married, what it meant was that she need, she had to choose to stop to stop the, like you're closing the door in any other guys, right? It's just over for all, and there's a lot of them, right? She broke a lot of hearts when she said yes to me. 
But she had to close the door on all those other guys to say, I'm now devoted to you. And I'm going to remain true to you. And I, I did the same thing. I said, babe, listen, I, I, I'm going to remain true to you. I'm going to be, watch, watch, set apart from all these other women. And there's a whole bunch of other girls I chased them. And I'm just saying, I'm so sorry, everybody. But there's one in my life now. There's one in my life now. There's one, I, listen, there's only one that I'm running after. I'm, I'm devoted to. Now listen, I want you to think about this because the moment I told you today that we're gonna talk about holiness, some of you are like, oh, here it goes. All the rules and regulations in the Bible, everything I gotta do and all the, the oh my gosh, here we go. All, the Bible's so restricting. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, it, when, in our commitment to one another, when Tatum made the decision to say, Sorry, boys. And I said, sorry, girls. Neither of us were like, man, this is going to, so restricting. (laughs) Such a bummer. It was my joy to say yes. It was my joy to go all in. Why? Like, I'm, I'm committed to her. I'm devoted to her. Why? Not because there's some rules and regulations that say you better, you, you don't. You sign the thing and there's a contract and you gotta, I tell you why? Because I'm just in love with her. I'm devoted to her. I'm committed to her. She committed to me because we're just in love and we've been nurturing that love and working on it and, and pursu- we're in pursuit of each other. And see, in the same way, God goes, listen, listen, listen. I'm a jealous God. Don't go give yourself to the other things in this world. Like, your, your hope is in me. Your, your future's in me. Life and vitality are in Why are you wasting? You're breaking my heart. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, he would, he would liken any time that the children of Israel would rebel against God to them actually committing adultery. Like, you're out with other women. You're running, and God says, be devoted to me. You see, holiness is devotion Based in love, I just, God, I love you. I, I want to go all in with you. And therefore, God, yes, when I say yes to you, I am therefore in that same moment saying no to a whole lot of other things. And you need to understand this. Between now and the day you see Jesus face to face, there are gonna be a whole lot of other things. Fighting for your love, fighting for your devotion, fighting for your attention, fighting for, right? A lot of other things in this world are gonna be fighting for you, fighting to win your heart. But you see, church, we're called in every one of the midst of every one of those temptations and all those things, like, like come on, think about what is fighting to win your heart right now? What, is, what, has, been, what, has, been, what has been holding your devotion and, and pulling your attention? In the midst of all those things, Scripture says, remain true to the Lord between now and the day you see Jesus face to face. face. Holiness is devotion. It's a resolve, isn't it? It's just like, God, I'm resolved. I have settled and I have concluded once and for all that God, I am yours and only yours. It leaves no room to follow after other things. The total momentum of my life is now focused on him, what he has for my life, what pleases him, what he loves, what he desires. My life is not my own. It is committed to you and you alone. Holiness, 
separated from the things of the world. I said that really awesomely. <laughs> separated from the things of this world and unto God. So there's got to be some resolve, everybody. Think about it. I, I love this. There's this little note in the book of Matthew when Jesus called his disciples to follow him. They were, it says they were fishing. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And in Matthew, it says that they left their nets to follow Jesus. Like scripture didn't have to tell us that, but it just drops that in there real quick. Spirit of God says, by the way, they left their nets to follow Jesus. In other words, they left their old way of life. They were always just fishermen. And this is what we did. And this is all we know. This, they identified themselves with that. And they said, no longer are we identified with that. We are identified with Jesus. We will leave our nets and follow Jesus. He is my identity. He is my purpose. He is my goal. He's my all in all. You see, there's some devotion and some resolve. It's what Elijah was dealing with in 1 Kings. He calls all the people of Israel to Mount Carmel. 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asher, and he says to them in 1 Kings 18, 21, Elijah stood in front of all of them and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? He said, if the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But it says the people were completely silent. He's standing in front of everybody and goes, listen, guys, to all of us who are going, man, I want God and. I want, I want, I want a little church and. I, I, I want heaven and. Like, uh, it's almost like Elijah just gets all together and goes, listen, quit messing around. It's miserable. And you know that you're, some of you are like, what do you mean? Just like, why, why would he say, go fall Baal? Like, why, why would he? Because here's what, here's what God knows. Here's what scripture, there's actually Paul I'm getting off my notes, but I'm going to go there anyway. Paul, uh, in, in the Old Testament, there was people in the church that would just never commit themselves fully to God. And they said, just, just give them over. Just like tell them, like, nope, we're going to give you over to the enemy. Not so that they would lose life, but so they would come to the realization that if I commit myself to this, it never actually fulfills me in the way that I know God will. It's meant to ricochet them back into holiness. Like, stop messing around. Does that make sense? So like, Elijah just goes, come on, would you commit yourself? And so today, I think there's some of us that God is calling into greater adventure. He's calling you into more. And like, you could sail the seas into all the things God has for you. But some of you have gotten on the boat, but you're still tethered to the shore. You're like, God's going, come on. You're like, but I'm, t I'm t and God today's going, no, no. Why don't you cut all things that are tethering you to the shore of this world and set sail into the adventure that God actually has for your life? We start every Sunday like it. There's more for you. How do I go into the more? It's I cut myself from everything that's been holding me back. Hebrews says, lay, us, lay aside all weight and sin, all the things that easily ensnared us. And run the race with endurance that God has set in front of us. Like just go all in. Just go all in. See, holiness is, come on, it's a devotion out of love. Here's what else holiness is. Holiness is also, it's also a transformation. You see, God, God wants to actually transform you. Wants to, come on, do you believe he wants to change your life? And the way God changes our life is he, he calls us to holiness and then he empowers us by his spirit to actually follow him into holiness, to, to live a holy life. Listen to what it says in, in Galatians chapter four, verse 19. Listen, some of you, come on. Like God wants to change your life. How does God do it? Galatians chapter four, verse 19. 
Paul writing says, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Sounds like awkward language, but here's what, here's what he's saying. He goes, I agonize over the church. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, just like a woman would in, in, in childbirth. He says, I feel that same agony for the church and my desire, what I want to see born is Christ formed in you. See, the whole point of all this, what God is doing in all of this, is forming Christ in us that every day God's ultimate goal is not simply the forgiveness of our sins. It's also, or, or the improvement of our moral life, of us trying to, you know, uh, um, put some behavioral management system in our life in place. See, some of you think that, the, 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 it's just, you know, what we're presenting right now is a behavioral management system. Do this, don't do that, no, no, no. God says, no, I actually want to transform you that you actually do become more and more like Christ in every way. Something's going to happen on the inside of you. Christ is being formed in you. The transformation of my life into the image of Christ more and more every day. In other words, a way to say it is like this. God actually wants to give you transformation. Like he wants you to experience victory in the places that you just keep getting stuck. I keep finding myself back in this place. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here, you tell yourself. I'm stuck here. And God says, no, look, I'm calling you to a life of holiness. And if you would just lean into this life of holiness, if you would choose to, 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 Turn from your wicked ways and turn to me and run to me. If you would, if you would abandon all the things and you choose to finally say yes and God, I'm going all in. Here's what he says. When you in that moment go in that way, God says, I will meet you and start to transform your life. I'm gonna change. See, maybe you said to yourself, well, this is the way it's always gonna be. It's the way I always am. I'm just always gonna be stuck here, God says, you don't have to be stuck there. I'm going to change your life. So how does that happen? I think one of the things you need to realize when we talk about living a life of holiness is that holiness isn't just you and your power running from a bunch of things, okay? Some of you heard me today talk about holiness and this is what you hear. I can't do this and can't do this and stop doing this and stop doing this. And all that's true, right? Holiness is us not dabbling in those things. But what holiness is calling us to do, everybody, is not just what to focus on what we're running from. Here's where you're gonna, this, this will help, help you move into transformation, okay? Instead of me just in my own strength trying to run from a bunch of stuff, I'm choosing instead in in God's strength to run after him. I, I, need you to, I need you to hear this. See, some of us are walking around going, going I, need a, I need to stop everything. And you're stuck because and you're not experiencing change because you're focused on everything, you gotta stop. Follow me. It'll make sense as I go through it. Here's you. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta stop being mean to people. Like somebody's like, I'm just, I'm always, I gotta stop being mean to people. So you wake up every day and you're going, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna stop being mean to people. Go out there, okay, Bible says stop being mean. So I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna work real hard and I heard it in church this week, let's go. I'm not gonna be mean, I'm not gonna be mean, I'm not gonna be mean. And you run around trying to stop being mean to people. Some of you are like, I'm gonna stop lying. 
Like you just, you're just, you lie about everything. Everything is, you're constantly finding a way to color it a little bit differently. And you just, I'm going to go, I'm going to stop lying, I'm going to stop lying, I'm going to stop lying. And you're telling yourself, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop. Now, here's what's happening is you're focusing the momentum and the energy on everything you've got to stop. But you know, when God calls you into holiness, he's not just saying, stop a bunch of stuff. He's saying, start some other stuff. It's good English. It's not just stop, it's start. It's not just stop, it's go. Ephesians chapter four, verses 22 through 24. It says that in reference to your former manner of life, I need you, scripture says, to lay aside your old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with, your, with the lust of deceit, and instead, watch, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you start thinking different, and you put on the new self. Do you see what's happening here? He's not just put off, put off, put off, put off lying, put off, put off uh, cheating, put off, put off being mean to people. Put, no, it's also put on the new. Put off the old man, put on the new self, which is the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. He gives some examples. Verse 25. He says, therefore, laying aside all falsehood, laying aside lying, he says, speak the truth to one another, or speak the truth with your neighbor, for we are members of one another. So I'm going to put off, not just put off lying. Are you guys following this? Come on. I'm not just going to put off lying. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not walking out going, okay, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. Instead, I'm going to walk out and go, I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak the truth in love. I'm going to speak the truth in love. Now I'm focused on what? I'm running after something instead of just from something. He gives another example. He goes uh, in Ephesians. He says, he who still must still no longer. Okay? I'm going to stop stealing. Stop stealing. Stop. Man, I steal everything. I just don't lie. I have a problem with stealing, right? He says, now, instead of just stop stealing, rather, he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with his neighbor in need. He says, don't just run out focusing on don't steal. Run out focusing on I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. And it's a shift. And here's what holiness does. When God calls us to holiness, he says, it's not so much about what you're running from, it's about what you're running toward. And what we're supposed to be running toward with our life, what we're committing to today, what we're committing to with our life is, Jesus, I'm going to run after you with everything I've got. I, I'm not just going out trying to stop a bunch of things. Like, like, I, like I, I'm going to stop thinking bad thoughts, stop thinking bad thoughts. See, some of us are stuck. And you never, come on, I'm trying to help you real practically. If you're always, I'm going to stop thinking bad thoughts, stop thinking, I don't know if you're ever going to be actually set free from thinking bad thoughts. What scripture says to do, the, 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 the scriptural approach to it is this, fix your thoughts. Sometimes it's, stop thinking bad thoughts, no, fix my thoughts, I'm going to fix my thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. See, my mind is now going to chase Good things, biblical things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Come on, everybody. I'm trying to just help you real practically. Because you're running out of, out of church going, okay, get away from that. Get away from that. And you're running around and there's things chasing you. I, I, I can't do that anymore. Don't I? And, you, and here's the problem. If you're running from something all the time, you're never going anywhere. Because you're always looking behind you. Like, where am I? And you're just lost, running from everything. 
Holiness, when God calls you to holiness, he says, listen, it's not just stop running from all this stuff and randomly wherever it takes you. He says, actually fix your eyes on me, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him gave his life for you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And now all of a sudden, I'm running to him. What am I doing every day? I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to, and when these things try to tempt me, get me to look at them, they, they're calling my name, they, they're trying to win my adoration and win my affection. I'm not looking going, oh no, I get my eyes off all that and say, Jesus, I'm crying out to you right now. I'm running to you right now. I'm pursuing you right now. I'm in love with you right now. I'm devoted to you right now. God, I'm just going all in with you. If you spend your life always running from something, you never get somewhere. But if I spend my life running to Jesus, now we're moving. See, holiness, it's devotion, and holiness is transformation. I pursue God. Get up in the morning and, Pursue God. I remember as a, as a kid, like one of my, one of the most powerful things that I heard, I know I heard it, but I just lived with this is that I want Jesus to be my last thought at night, my first thought in the morning. I just wanted God at night, I, I do every day before I go to bed, prayer, night, and I wake up with God in the morning. First thing I do. And as I move through my day, I'm not like waiting, God, I'll see you again at night. It's just all throughout my day. I, I want you to get to the spot where no matter where you are, you just you can pursue God right there in that moment. I, I don't just pray at night or pray. I, every moment of my day, I just say, God, what do you want me to do here? Lord, just speak, just show me. God, would you? And it's just, I, I, I navigate. And I want you to learn to just navigate. We navigate our lives in the sense of pursuing him. Does that make sense? In every part and in every area and every subject and every, come on, at every turn, I'm pursuing him. He calls us into holiness. He calls us into holiness. Come on, it's devotion and it's transformation. And here's the last thing. Is this holiness that God calls us into is actually freedom. And I want to explain that to you. Because there's a tendency to think that holiness is restricting. Holiness is, no, holiness is freedom. Do you know what Jesus, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 36? Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, come on, you are free indeed. And there's a lot of people that need to be set free, amen? Some of us in here, we're even wrestling, God, I just want to be set free. The Bible says, when the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Have you ever ask yourself the question, like, free from what? Like, what is, what is it that God wants to set me free from? What, what is it he desires to free your life? What is it that's actually binding you? What is it that's held you bound? What has he set me free from? You know the answer to that. Is God wants to actually set you free from sin. He wants to set you free from the things that have been holding you back. In John chapter 8, verse 36, the, the Jews were with Jesus. And Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now watch how they answer Jesus. They said, now Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants and have never known what it means to be enslaved to anyone. Like, what do you mean you were going to be set free? Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And here's what Jesus says. Jesus goes on and he says, truly, truly, I say unto you that everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Next verse. 
Do you not know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? They're, the Jews are like, what do you mean that we're, we're bound? What, how are you going to set us free? Jesus is like, you are enslaved to sin right now. I need you to understand something as, as we close and Dustin, you come up. You need to know the truth about sin. I mean, just level with your church. The truth about sin is this, everybody. It's always gonna promise you the world. Always gonna promise you the world. And it's gonna leave you empty every time. It's gonna promise you freedom and it's gonna leave you enslaved. Always, 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 always. The wages of sin, scripture says, is death. And it will always be. But the way that sin gets its power is by convincing you that, there's, that it's gonna do more for you than death. It's always gonna convince you. Hey, if you lie a little, it'll be better. Hey, if you cheat on that a little bit, it's gonna be better. Hey, if you, if you flirt around with these other things, your life might actually be fulfilled. If you, if, and, and, and it's always gonna lie to you. But you need to know this up front about anything that is pulling you away from God is it will always overpromise and underdeliver. It's how Satan works. It's how the enemy works as he whispers and he lies. And, and you just need to know up front, God actually wants to set you free from falling in those traps over and over again. Because see, when you, when you live a life that keeps dabbling and, and allowing yourself to, well, to not live a life of holiness, or at least pursue a life of holiness, then I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna feel stuck. Why? Because that's what sin does. But Romans 6 says, thanks to God that though we were slaves of sin, though, though I was enslaved and though I was stuck, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching with which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you've become a slave to righteousness. Having been freed from sin, freed from sin. See, holiness is freedom from all the things that keep lying to you, that keep leading you down dead-end roads, that keep breaking up hope in your life. And Sin's gonna promise renewal and lead you ruined. Leave you ruined every time, huh? How many families... Just hang with me as we chat through this because there's hope on the other end of it. But I mean, how many families have been ruined by sin? How many lives it feels like have been ruined by sin? I mean, just making decisions other than pursuing God. And I'm telling you, there's brokenness in that and there's ruin in that and there's hurt in that. And we could talk on and on and on about all the penalty and the, the, the payout of, of sin every time. But here's what I need you to hear. He came to set you free from that brokenness. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. You don't even have to, under his power, go there any longer. Any life ruined by sin can be restored by Jesus. 
Any life broken by this world can be restored by our heavenly Father in heaven who gives hope to all men, no matter how broken, how lost, how confused. The Bible says where sin abounds, come on church, grace much more abounds. That's the gospel is he meets you in the middle of your struggle, maybe in the middle of the decision you made. And he says, I still love you. Let me pour my grace on you, wash you, cleanse you, and let's keep moving forward together. You see, holiness, a life of holiness, is just a willingness to say, even when you've messed up, and you're broken and you're hurt and you're dirty because you're out playing in mud puddles that God told you to stay out of. And you're like, but God. And when you find yourself there, God shows up and says, come on, come on. Get up, John. Let me wash you in my grace and cleanse you and shower you. And holiness just says, let's keep trying. Let's keep going. Let's keep pursuing the things that God has for your life together. And I want to invite you into that. That every day you just say, Jesus, you are everything. I'm running after you with everything that I've got. I want to be set free by pursuing after you. Lazarus, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb. You remember this? And his sisters are like, you know, if you would have been here earlier, Lazarus would have died. And they're all mad at Jesus. And Jesus just shows up. He goes, they put him behind a tomb. He'd been there for three days. And like, he's like, oh, roll, roll, away the, roll away the stone. And the sister's like, but Jesus, he stinketh. That's what they said. Like, he'd been in there a long time, Jesus. I don't know if you want to do this. Like, he stinketh, he stinketh, right? And Jesus says, just roll away the tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And now, Scripture doesn't say this, but here's, just follow me. I think Lazarus comes out like this. Like he's just coming out. Like, like why is he doing that? Like, well, the way that they bury people is in burial clothes. And so here he is with all these old burial clothes, all this old stuff, all the, all the old, the garments of the dead, the garments of the not life. And the first thing that Jesus says to Lazarus as he calls him out of the grave, he called him by name and then he says, loose him and set him free. Lazarus, it would be foolish for you to go on living in your old burial clothes, living in the old you, living in the dead, living in the, living in the used to be. Come on, there's renewal and there's hope and there's life and there's more and there's cleansing and there's this life that just says, God, I want to live holy. And I think over some of us today, God just says, come on, loose them instead of free. Oh, you're going to heaven. You're alive and you're kicking. You're ba- but come on, you just look a little funny trying to get there. Just be loosed and set free today. Let his grace meet you, wash you, cleanse you, and you keep your eyes on Jesus, your life focused on Jesus with everything you've got in you. He'll meet you when you fall. He'll pick you back up so you can go at it again and again and again and again and again. That's holiness, everybody. It's choosing to go again. Choosing to go again. I'm not done yet. Sure, I fell. Sure, I messed up. Sure, I'm not done yet. 
I choose holiness. I choose Jesus in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on.